Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. Hosted by myself, Parker Shaw, and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker from the marketing team. And I'm joined today by a couple new guests on the podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Scott. I'm a designer on the marketing team. And I'm Lori Ramirez. I'm a dermatologist with the Ogden, Ogden Clinic. Awesome. And we're excited. Yeah, this is like we said, this is Scott's first time on the podcast, but we're really happy to have him and especially happy to have Dr. Ramirez here. Uh, like she said, she's a dermatologist for Ogden Clinic. How long have you been with Ogden Clinic, Dr. Ramirez? So I've been with Ogden Clinic for the last two years, and it's been a really good two years. Awesome. And remind me, what practices or locations are you at? I'm at two locations. Primarily, it's in Pleasant View and in Layton at the Davis Family Physicians. Oh, that's cool that you cover both of them. They're mm -hmm. like two different, different parts of Utah. That's great. And are you native to Utah? No, I'm a transplant to Utah. I've been here for eight years now. I was born and raised in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Which island? On Oahu. Oh, okay. And which part on Oahu? So our family moved around quite a bit, but primarily in an area um, near Kaka'ako. And so I actually am part Hawaiian. My grandfather grew up from on uh, Molokai. And so I went to a school where you had to be native Hawaiian. And it's oh, called Kamehameha wow. Schools. Wow. <laughs> it's incredible. That's really neat. So if you don't mind me asking... Why did you move to Utah? You know, it's it's been a hard change the first year when we had a lot of inversion and it was freezing cold. But we have a lot of friends in Utah. And uh, my husband, he's also a physician. He's an otolaryngologist and he's also a facial plastic surgeon. So we had some connections there. We decided to give it a try and thought we'd be in Utah maybe a few years and then go back home to Hawaii. Uh -huh. But it's been such a great experience for our family that we decided to stay. Yeah, well, awesome. I just feel like they're so different. And a lot of times we're like, let's, I wish I could live in Hawaii, right? So, it's but beautiful. I think they're both different. Like they have different kind of beauties and they bring do. both to different, you know, aspects that are really fun to, mm -hmm, you know, experience sure. life in for sure. So tell us a little bit about your family. So I have two daughters um, that go to school in Salt Lake and my husband, again, he's a physician. And we really enjoy doing a variety of things. We love the outdoors. I mean, we're getting to a point where our kids are older, so we can do some overnight backpacking, which um, we've enjoyed in the Uintas. And uh, we're getting to a point where we can now get them scuba certified, which is something my husband and I used to do all the time before we got married. Oh, really? Cool. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You can mm -hmm. do that in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. That's really fun. So outside of that, what do you like to do in your free time? So my recent passion is yoga, and um, I'm in the process of getting a yoga teacher trained. Not, oh, really? not so much to teach it, but to, to better my practice. And I think it's a natural transition for me. I've always been pretty active. I, I love doing things outdoors. Like we mentioned, scuba diving and hiking. I used to do CrossFit for a while. But yoga, for me, I think is something I can do long term. That's really cool. It's incredibly hard. Oh, yeah. I've actually never gotten very into yoga because the first time I did it I was terrible and I was like you know what maybe that just means it's not for me so yeah. <laughs> I think I need to maybe become teacher certified too maybe that's the next direction to go in that's if, really cool if you have a good instructor I think it's very motivating yeah mm -hmm. it's yeah. relaxing as well it can be yes yeah, just absolutely. the breath with good for the mind mm -hmm. and as well as the body yeah it's great exercise so that's really cool mm -hmm. now I heard a rumor I don't know if you want to put this on the podcast that you used to be part of a band 
I was wondering if that was going to come up or not. So, <laughs> we don't have to. We don't talk about it. But. So I um, used to go to Japan, and we had a group of three, um, myself included, and we would sing in a rock band called the Anjanettes. And, you know, if anybody could hear me sing, they would wonder why someone <laughs> would actually hire me. But we Same. were we, we were part of a group, um, and we were sponsored by Sony Records in Japan. And no so way. we would yeah. have little small concerts, and um, uh, we did um, make a record, which I think, you know, basically my uh, chihuahua at the time liked it, and maybe <laughs> a few of my good friends who couldn't tell me they didn't like it liked it. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can't find it on the web, so I'm, oh, I'm okay saying. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully the, the sales from it just, like, randomly skyrocket I now because right? we're promoting it. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's really cool, though. But it's true, yes. I feel like you would win in, like, two truths and a lie because you could oh, say, sure. I, I was a part of a band in Japan, you know. <laughs> Sponsored Not everyone by Sony could, Records, right? too. That's a big deal. We, that is a big deal. It was really fun because we got a little bit of those perks and we got to go to some concerts, like, from, you know, real bands like Cheap Trick and David Bowie and oh, wow. Queen. You know, they, they played at Budokan in Japan, and so we were able to attend some oh, of those cool. concerts, which was fun. It was fun. That's I was cool. really young at the time, so. That's really awesome. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, what made you want to do dermatology? So dermatology came about for me when I was in my third year of medical school. I would do these various rotations and um, talk to a lot of the providers. And I found dermatologists were the happiest um, physicians, uh, happy with their practice, with, you know, just their patients, um, their lifestyle as well. And um, so they really motivated me to to look into dermatology. And it just felt like a good fit. It did. It did. That's really good. So I guess that kind of leads us into our topic for the day. Um, it's getting colder out. Me and Scott both talked about how we noticed that when it gets cold our skin dries up i mean i feel like even with lotion and stuff utah's dry as it is but during the winter time even more so our skin just gets so dry and we wanted to talk about some different things you know related to, to, to dermatology specifically starting with dry skin and why is it so common in the winter what what's happening or going on to cause this well this is a very appropriate conversation because october is uh, eczema awareness month and so there are so many kids and adults that have a flare-up of eczema or their dry, itchy skin because of several reasons. Mostly it's just so arid here in Utah, and um, a lot of patients don't really understand what they need to do on a daily basis to prevent it from getting worse. So a couple of things, or several things, can be really helpful. Um, the type of soap you choose is important, and not to overuse the soap. And so you want to choose one that is definitely fragrance-free, because fragrance causes allergies for some patients and oh. individuals. And you want to choose one that's like a soapless cleanser. And so those gentle soaps, um, very little throughout the day, can be helpful. But then moisturizing and putting a little bit of moisture back in your skin and there's a, a variety of different things you could use. So uh, people reach for lotions commonly because it's not greasy, mm -hmm. but the oil to water ratio is much lower than if you choose a cream. So in creams, the oil to water ratio is higher. And so it doesn't rub in as well, but it's definitely more hydrating for the okay. skin. Um, and the other thing that's important is that after a bath, you can try to keep it 
shorter on the shorter side, five to 10 minutes. But when your skin's still damp to apply those moisturizers almost immediately, that actually minimizes the chance that you have loss of moisture in your skin. Now I've heard that hotter water will kind of speed, you know, dry out your skin more. Is there any truth to that? Oh, definitely true. So we try to get our patients unwillingly to actually take more tepid, warm baths than really hot baths. Okay. That's interesting. That is hard for me, especially when it is colder outside, because I feel like that's a way to unwind. But I think if it does help, it can definitely be worth it, you know, because having that dry, cracked skin is just sometimes can be really miserable, especially if it gets to the point where it's like you're bleeding or something, it can be really, there's a lot of discomfort with that. I think it's hard because you use your hands for work and for a lot of different things. And people really are self-conscious about it for one thing. And also if it's cracked and bleeding, it's quite painful. And so they're mm-hmm. really not able to do what they can. Yeah. Well, and so creams, are those just bought like normally at like any sort of like beauty supply store or like the grocery store? What kind of... You can get those creams almost everywhere. And so um, I really tell patients to choose a dye-free, fragrance-free cream. Um, Generics are are fine, um, but to choose one that they feel comfortable using, one that doesn't feel too greasy to their skin. And occasionally we'll have patients come in and do a a wet wrap. Well, not come into the clinic, but actually do it at home. So if they're really, really bothered and they've got itchy, dry skin, um, they need to apply their moisturizer and then kind of wrap with a moist cloth and sleep with it overnight. And that can help seal in the moisture in their skin. No way. I've never heard of that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So what if some, for some reason, you know, people chose to not treat their dry skin, can it lead to bigger problems? Mm -hmm, For sure. So some people have kind of gone beyond the point where the creams, um, moisturizers can be helpful. And when they come in to see me, We end up using a combination of a few different things. One of them um, is a steroid cream that we apply to the skin twice a day, and that usually calms the inflammation because eczema is very inflammatory, and that calms the inflammation down. And occasionally we'll use some non-steroidal creams. Parents are often worried about putting steroid creams on their children, and so we quickly transition if it's appropriate to use a non-steroidal cream that can be helpful and maintain the benefit we get. And, you know, eczema, there's no cure for eczema, and so we try to control it as best we can. And one form of eczema is called atopic dermatitis. So kids have it um, when they're younger. There's a predisposition in the family if you've had parents that have had it. And it's really challenging because it can flare up with a variety of different things. So weather is one of them. For some people, it's the cold, dry weather. But for others, it's heat. Sometimes it's certain foods. Um, Occasionally, infections will um, cause it to flare up. And these children, unfortunately, usually have other allergies, symptoms like um, asthma as well. Okay. Is there any specific way to know if it is maybe food-related to know what foods will trigger that, or is it just, you know, trial by fire? Yeah, I think that's a really challenging issue because sometimes parents will feel like there's something that's causing their kids' um, eczema to flare up with certain foods, and there are definitely some culprits. Um we do have tests that can test that, but they're not 100%. So we use those tests, and some of them are blood tests. Some of them are skin prick tests. But we use those tests in conjunction with the clinical signs of whether they flare up, you know, within that day after eating certain foods. Okay, so I suffer from eczema during the, the winter months. Um, is there, like in kids, is there something that can, that can uh, 
affect them more than just their skin. You know, if they're scratching because there is there something bigger that that can lead to? For sure. There's been several studies showing that kids with atopic dermatitis tend to sleep poorly. And so they're, they're very sleep deprived the next morning. And often the families are sleep deprived too if they're young. And, um, and they, they don't tend to do well at school then. And they're very self-conscious about it. So it's, it's important, I think, to have the parents bring their kids in early. Um, also, if they scratch enough, they can potentially not only scar their skin, but there's a risk for infection on their skin. And usually, no matter how many, how many different moisturizers or topical steroids or other creams you put on, is if there's an infection, it needs to be treated and addressed first before their skin improves. At what point should you go from taking the over-the-counter medicines, and the moisturizers, to maybe coming to see you? Should that be a concern? So I think uh, I wouldn't wait too long. I mean, itching is one of those symptoms right up there with nausea that makes you want to get in there early. So if you've tried even the over-the-counter hydrocortisone and you've done some really good moisturizing in a couple of weeks, I would say if it's driving you insane, I would get an appointment <laughs> <it> sooner. <laughs> yeah, That's good advice. So Dr. Ramirez, we on our Facebook and Instagram asked some of our audience members to you know, submit some questions that they might have involving different health fields. And one that came up involving dermatology is just what is the best general way people can take care of their skin? Yeah, so I get a lot of questions of, of skincare in my clinic, and I try to keep it simple for uh, our patients. And I have them cleanse with a gentle cleanser morning and night, and I have them avoid all those really harsh scrubs um, that you can get in some of those cleansers because it really irritates the skin more than anything. Um, usually in the morning after they cleanse, I'll have them use a moisturizing sunblock even through the winter because we do still get a lot of UV exposure and so to have a, a sunblock on is, is something that I continue year-round. Um, they can put makeup if they're women um, or moisturize on top of that if they need to. But in the evening, it's very similar. Just a gentle cleanse, no harsh scrubbing, kind of pat dry. And in the evening, pat on a little bit of a moisturizing uh, cream. And usually if it says non-comedogenic, it's helpful so it doesn't flare acne for some of the younger um, teenagers. So one thing that you mentioned that stood out to me is daily sunscreen use and doing that through the winter. I feel like that's maybe something that's becoming more of a practice, but I think for a lot of people that's not something that is, you know, done. And what is the advantage of doing that every day? So uh, one advantage is definitely premature aging. So most of our um, fine lines and wrinkles are really not due too much to our, our age per se, but to the damage that we've had from the ultraviolet light. So just by continuing that throughout the year, you minimize premature aging. Um, you also minimize those sunspots that occur with it and minimize the chances of skin cancer overall. And Utah has one of the highest rates of skin cancer, oh, even really? higher than when I was practicing in in Hawaii and wow. when I practiced in San Francisco. Wow, that's really crazy to me. I guess to me, it just seems, I think, it's out of practice for me. I, I honestly don't put on sunscreen every day. So what kind of SPF spectrum would you use for that daily usage? So it's recommended to use an SPF 30 or more. Okay. And so if you use a less than that, you really run the risk of not getting that SPF on the bottle. So they've done studies where they have had patients put an SPF 15 on, and when they tested their skin, they were really just applying an SPF of 4. Really? So okay. it's because they just don't put enough on and you really need to be generous with it. Okay. So I guess 
sunscreen should become almost like a, a daily cosmetic that you put on. And it's a habit. Yeah, so it's creating that habit. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. And that's for men and women. For both, men and women, for sure. And I find if you start it early in teenagers, they're more apt to continue it when they're adults. And do you suggest that for people that even just are indoors for a lot of the day? Just So if, if you're indoors but you still run out and do errands, it's recommended because you can get still enough cumulative sun exposure over the course of weeks to really cause damage. Wow. So and you get that UV exposure coming through your window as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Awesome. Well, Dr. Ramirez, thank you so much for that information. I think especially to me that was very interesting and I think it's good to know about how we can treat those especially during these colder months Um, and to our audience that's been present with us today thanks for tuning in and listening to us today on The The Daily Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis We're so happy that you joined us today If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic our providers or locations visit us at ogdenclinic.com If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post We love getting feedback from our audience so those reviews are priceless to us If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.